Hello and welcome to episode four of, of Muggles and Mudbloods. My name is, as usual, Tavi Whitman, and I'm here with... Mona! What's yeah. up, everybody? Welcome back. Um, so in this episode, we are talking about <coughs> chapter four of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, The Keeper of the Keys. The first chapter where we really get to meet Rubius Hagrid. In this episode, we are talking, we're doing a 30 second recap of the chapter to get everyone up to speed about what happens in this one and what our limitations are. And then we're going to be discussing a few different aspects of the wizarding world as it will be perceived by muggles or muggle-born witches and wizards. So today we're discussing the conversation between a ministry or Hogwarts witch or wizard arriving at your home to inform you that you or your child has been accepted to Hogwarts school and what that conversation is like, depending on which professor you receive. We can imagine some very different results in those discussions, as well as some of the realities of um, muggle on wizard disputes. It isn't exactly a good idea to bring a knife to a gunfight, and it's not a good idea to bring a gun to a wand fight. <laughs> so without further ado, Mona, will you please get the timer ready? I've got the timer all set, and I'll start in three, two, one. So in this chapter, the door, the door gets banged in by Rubius Hagrid, and he introduces himself as the Keeper of the Keys and Grounds at Hogwarts. We learn that he's expelled and that he is a wizard, and that Harry is one too. We learn that about Vernon and Petunia's keeping this a secret from Harry and his parents' deaths, and Harry is officially given his letter and accepted to Hogwarts school. Then he is given his cake, and ha he and Hagrid go to leave. They don't actually leave, but he gets his massive jacket with dormice in it. Time's up. Okay, yeah, so that was not really, that was a lot, but... And um, you did kind of practice it earlier. So, mm. <laughs> so one question, question I really had at the end of this chapter was, why the fuck would Hagrid have door mice in a pocket? And, you know, be like, I might have them, I might not. What the I fuck mean, it's, it's are door mice? Like, what are door mice to begin with? And why does Hagrid have them in his pocket? See, I, I wouldn't question Hagrid. It's just like, it's just one of those things that he does. That's what I would like to believe. But are like dormice an actual thing? Ah, that's what dormice are. They are a rodent of the family of... Oh. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that. I'm sorry. Um, and are found in Africa. They're adorable. But... Why is he carrying around African mice in his pockets? Hagrid, you are a weird, weird, weird man. Anyway. But he's loved by everybody. So weird, weird in a lo lovely way. So let's start with this, this whole wizard on muggle or muggle on wizard um, disputes. Obviously, you can't have legal disputes between a muggle and wizarding world. It doesn't really work that way. Definitely because the wizarding world is slightly prejudiced against muggles and the wizarding gamot is not exactly a functioning justice system, which we'll go into in a different episode. <laughs> We're not going into that now. But we have Vernon Dursley pulling a gun 
on Hagrid. What does that feel like to you, Mona? I mean, for me, it's a joke because like Hagrid is like 10,000 times bigger than Vernon. It's like, <laughs> why? There's no chance. Plus, Hagrid's a wizard. Like, he, he, he can do anything against like Vernon. No, would it yeah. work? What went through Vernon's mind, I wonder? Yeah, so Hagrid's, you know, about the same size as Vernon, but twice as tall. And that'd be considered that, you know, Hagrid is described as five times as wide. And I'm assuming Vernon is about that as well. <laughs> um, but he said that was how I imagined him in the, the, the first book when I first read it when I was, you know, mm. 10, give or take. So yeah, that was, that was interesting. Um, don't bring a gun to a wand fight. You're going to get fucked up. But, you know, that's when you're dealing with civilians. You're not exactly dealing with, um, you're not exactly dealing with modern armor, mo- modern instruments. So what, what do you think it would look like to have, like, a guy with a Kalashnikov versus a wizard? What would, what would that look like? <laughs> I mean, you know, the, the guy with the Kalashnikov, you're like, oh, yeah, I've got all the power. Oh, yeah, I've got a powerful weapon, blah, blah, blah. Little did he know. A wand can do everything for you. Yeah. I'm guessing it'd be a kind of a Protego situation. Yeah. Just Protego and then apparate and then ta-da. Um, one thing I wanna I will also wanna remark on is the the apparent skill, the apparent magical skill that Hagrid has. He is often portrayed as a kind of bumbling um, man that's kind of incompetent. This chapter really opens up with Hagrid doing silent magic. He is he is actually doing fairly advanced magic here. He is he is literally trying human transfiguration, mm-hmm. um, which is fairly impressive to be honest. Um, it's not something a third year wizard should be considered capable of, so that might have to come into consideration. Hagrid having a third year third year level education is definitely more competent than a third year level wizard yeah but i mean it's been years since he went to hogwarts and he's been there ever since so he learns a few tricks here and there yeah i guess he does learn something when he he you live at hogwarts um not the value of things considering his um use of unicorn hair on basically everything (laughs) But that will be something for book six. We also learned that James and Lily were head boy and head girl. Oh, dang. Nerd alert. Oh, dang. So, so one question for me here is, is this thing about Albus having really bad judgment just a massive trend? Because James Potter was a fucking bully. Oh, I had no idea. Remember that, like he was, he was the guy that bullied Snape. Like he was a dick. Well, I mean, sure he got better later on, but like still, maybe he knew something was going to happen with like Lily and James Potter. Like he knew something about them. Maybe I don't know. Dumbledore always knows something about everybody, but that's still not a reason to make a bully head boy. But then, of course. Dumbledore might not have been headmaster at that time. I think he was, but I'm not entirely sure. So it's not exactly a great look for Albus Dumbledore promoting bullies. But but it's also it's also funny a bully being like head boy. So yeah. How how and why? 
then of course a bully was professor of potions for a few years there so mm -hmm. so Dumbledore has an issue with bullies I think um and not calling them out good job Dumbledore <laughs> Dumb move. Anyway, the thing that we really want to discuss here was the the conversation, the experience of getting of being informed that your child is muggle-born. We talked about this last last episode about how young witches and wizards must get some kind of um, information apart from the letter to help them, you know, get to Hogwarts, etc., and not believe it's a prank. Um, you know, take the Diagon Alley, for example, to get their stuff. <laughs> um, and we'll get into, into that next chapter. But what would it be like to ha have that conversation? Like, hello, my name is Minerva, Minerva McGonagall, and your child is a wizard. Ta-da! It, it, it would depend on the parent, I'd say. Like, you know, you you have like the Dudleys. They were, they they hid Harry's. Uh, like magic and denied everything that happened to his parents and everything but it depends on the parents that's what I would say yeah. and, and also the, the wizard or witch who comes and, and informs the family I yeah mean, so let's say it's Severus Snape oh god like imagine if Dumbledore said, sent Severus Snape to inform Justin Finch Fletchley that, number one, you are not going to Eton anymore. You're going to Hogwarts. Also, I hate you and your guts. Sorry. He doesn't hate Justin. He hates Muggle. Well, yeah. he's, he's got some Muggle-born issues, you know. That would be an interesting conversation. But the question is, why would they send Snape? I mean, he doesn't have the friendliest face. Yeah, yeah. I I honestly think that they most most likely sent Professor Sprout. Yeah, I would agree for everyone. Just <laughs> just give them just give them some some Pomona Sprout, and they'll be like, "Oh my God, the Wizarding World is amazing! I have to go. It's gonna be great." Um, whereas if you have Snape, it's like be like, "Ah oh, yes, please do tell me what house you are assigned to, so I can take points from them afterwards." Because he'll be, he'll just, he'll just be waiting for that. So, so what, what, what would you have like, but like to check off? Like, okay, um, there's no fees for Hogwarts um, because Muggleborns obviously can't pay, and um, that'd be weird. Um, it has, to, it has. To, I think it has to be the Ministry that goes and does it, not Hogwarts. Really. Yeah, because Hogwarts doesn't have the manpower to take all the Muggleborns for a day-long trip to Hog like to Diagon Alley. Yeah, but how many Muggleborns are there? That's a question. Well, I think there's like two or th at least three in Harry's year in Gryffindor. Mm. Which, um, considering that there's twelve, I think it's twelve people in Harry's year in Gryffindor. That's a fairly substantial part of the the school population. Obviously, it's not you have this discount Slytherin, so you're still looking at like twenty five percent of three or four houses, which makes it a fairly substantial part of the Hogwarts population. You're going to look at about like twenty percent of the total um, 
yeah, Hogwarts population is Muggleborn. That's that's not that bad though. It can no. be arranged. But if twenty percent of a thousand, which is what Rowling says it is, mm. that's a pretty big number, to be honest. Yeah. But it would be a lot more personal if it was coming from Hogwarts and the ministry. But what do they know the difference? They're not gonna know the difference. True. Like it'd be like, you know, some kind of um the the Department for Muggleborn Relations, or something like that, exists. I'm sure the same department that, um, or the Department for Muggle Relations, the same department that deals with the Prime Minister um, in the UK, mm. might be the one that you know sends out every year witches and wizards to inform Muggleborn students of their position. Um, and twenty percent of the population being Muggle-born would be a significant number, but we'll have to figure that that out. I think gonna have to ask J.K. I'll I'll tweet her. Don't worry about that. Yeah, so. exactly. everybody loves me, so she's going to answer. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> so that's really something I find fairly interesting. It's the idea that you know, yeah, there, there could be that many Muggle-borns, which would be pretty interesting. Or it could just be that they're all Gryffindors. Then, of course, we have to discount the idea, the students that are not being taught at Hogwarts, considering the, um, the fact that you know Muggleborn students cannot be homeschooled in magic. True, that that would be almost impossible. But which and wizarding students could be? You can, as a witch or wizard, teach your children. You can't as a Muggleborn be like, okay. Um, there's this thing called a snorkel. <laughs> it's like the what? Yeah. Um, and I'm gonna have to go buy bezoars and like, yeah, no, that's not gonna happen. Um, you can't teach your child. Actually, I think it would work. You can't have a like a like a um like a boggart in like your Muggleborn household. That's not gonna happen. Like, imagine like your child not knowing how to deal with anything. Yeah, just say ridiculous. Just say ridiculous. It's like, <laughs> like getting the pronunciation wrong, like Leviosa, not Leviosa. Oh like magical education for Muggleborns is practically impossible. No, but I mean, if we think about it, there could be like tutorials online. There could be websites like that the, the students can use. Wizards aren't that technically adept though. Well, that, that's where the wizard's world and the muggle world can, can like, get together and create something for both. Like, for, for example, let's think about this. Um, Ron, Ron Weasley um, transfiguring his, his rat into um, a goblet. Oh, my God. Imagine if you did that and you didn't have, like, wizarding parents. That would be chaotic. <laughs> like, you pointed at your dog. <laughs> And then, like, uh, Fluffy or um, Milou, you know, Tintin's dog, um, you have, like, your dog is like, yeah, it's, um, it's a hairy cup with a tail on it now, barking at neighbors and, like, kind of wobbling towards the milkman. That's where books and tutorials come and help. Like, you can still fuck shit up. There, there, there's like handbooks and stuff that every um, every, every muggle-born wizard can receive. 
Yeah. So let's just say uh, no homeschooling for muggle-born witches and wizards at all, period. Um, no exceptions. You're not going to get it. Um, I'm sorry. And generally, I think that um, homeschooling for witches and wizards would also be a bad idea. It would be boring. Your education level might not keep up for the owls and mutes. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Um, anyway, this went somewhere we weren't expecting it to, do, <laughs> to go at all, which is great. God, yeah, I do not want homeschooling for muggleborns at all. That's a terrible, terrible idea. But yeah. I think we should definitely say that, you know, Professor Sprout should be the person informing young witches and wizards, and then they can have a ministry which that will escort them to Hogsmeade or to Diagon Alley to get their their stuff, which is great. Yeah, so we have some questions we are going to have to answer about that later on. Um, I want to say, mention something that's not really portrayed in the movies, but is portrayed here, and that's that this, this is where Hagrid has the first mention of Voldemort. Oh, yeah. He must not be named. It happens here, not after doing all their shopping, which is a lot more logical as far as I'm, as far as I'm concerned. Harry wouldn't be waiting until, like, the very, like, a day and a half or a day after finding out that his parents have murdered, like, you know, ask about who murdered them. Yeah. It seems like a pretty weird idea. Yeah, and also, like, um, he just knew about it. Might as well reveal who killed his parents and everything, just like be Yeah, exactly. Here, here's the truth. Here's what really happened. You had shitty-ass foster parents. They hid the truth. Well, not foster parents. Yeah. Um, so I, I also want to mention a couple of things here, and that is the, like, the insults and the like exclamations that Haggard makes during the chapter. Things like gulping, gulping gargoyles. <laughs> Or like, draw up your great prune is something I think that happens in the movie. Yeah, your great prune, um, which is a definitely a weird insult. Like, your great prune. Aren't like prunes like small and shriveled yeah. up? So is he like massive and shriveled? Is this, is this like? Wait, who who did who did he call a prune though? Vernon Dursley. Yeah, that makes sense because he he was he was terrified when Hagrid came in. He didn't know what to do or how how to react. Well, I thought he was more like furious. No, I I, th- I think what how I how I thought is like he he like he was uncertain, scared, and then you know he regained his senses. He was furious and mad. And then uh, Hagrid grabs his shotgun and ties it into a little bow. Hmm. Nice touch. I mean that. That's one way to deal with it, and it was a good one. Yeah, not at all overly well. Then he did point a gun at him, so justified. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, it's it's an interesting way of handling things. It'll be it'll be great if like you know, whenever cops pointed guns at people, they just grab the gun and tie it into a knot. We could use a lot more Hagrids outside in the protests right now. <laughs> yeah, that would be something. Yeah. It would be it would bring a whole different meaning to black girl magic. Yeah. Bunch of witches. No. Um I actually did call um in a chat room a guy that was the... So for all of you Harry Potter fans out there, um Harry Potter is a story with like an anti-racist story, right? Like that's how I interpreted interpreted much of the a lot of the books. Um the the ideas of race and so forth being um, in the forefront, um, 
obviously through the lens of being muggle-born. So for me, seeing Harry Potter fans and such expressing um, racist or homophobic or discriminatory, discriminatory beliefs is pretty jarring. And there's this one guy in a Facebook thread uh, online discussing this um, in some Harry Potter group, and I might have called him a Death Eater. Oh, damn. Because fuck you. Um, <laughs> like, the, the ministry has fallen. Um, the, the, the orders have fallen. Um, Scrimter has fallen. Now we have uh, Voldemort slash Trump in power, and we need to fight him. No. <laughs> I, I think I'm, 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 I'm kind of like speechless right now. You guys can't see what I'm making, like faces, because I don't know what to say. <laughs> Anyway, um, <laughs> I think we've given away exactly when this is being recorded. Um, yeah. And we are not happy about it. Um, we are, as, as you know, um, sitting here in Sweden, and we are an absolute shock. The only violence against journalists I would condone is um, putting Rita Skeeter in a jar. Putting who in a jar? Rita Skeeter. Don't know who that is. Mona, Rita Skeeter, The Daily Prophet, The Life and Lies of Albus Dumbledore. Uh, okay, it's been a while, okay? I'm, I'm like almost rereading this as in like, it's a clean slate, I don't remember anything. It's been years for me. Hashtag no judgment. Anyway, is there anything else we want to mention for this chapter? Can, can we mention how, how cute Hagrid was? When he actually brought a cake to Harry for his oh birthday. Oh my god, I know. I like, oh. Hagrid is the the most... I don't know why he's Gryffindor. He's a fucking Hufflepuff. Hagrid's a Hufflepuff. He yeah. is the cutest giant ever. Um, he is like... He loves everything and everyone. And we're going to get into Hagrid more later on. But yeah, I agree. Oh my god, Hagrid. Love him. It was so adorable. It's like, oh, he's the only one who did something for Harry's birthday. Ever, basically. Yeah. This is the first birthday birthday Harry will remember positively. It's thanks to Hagrid. I love him. He's amazing. Hagrid is amazing. He he deserves so much better than he gets. Um, but with with that said, we're gonna be back again next week discussing Harry Potter and the and the Philosopher's Stone's fifth chapter. Um, this, that chapter is called bum, 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 Diagon Alley. Yeah. And we'll be discussing everything from witch and wizarding currency to the experience of entering the wizarding world physically for the first time as a mother <laughs> born, which is going to be a lot of fun. We hope to see you there. And with that, Thank you so much, Potterheads. And of course, the answer is Potterheads, just one last thing before we let you go for this this week. Uh, please do like and subscribe to the podcast so you get it wherever you 
you are listening. Um, leave us a review on Stitcher or iTunes and send, send it to a friend. It helps so much to get us out to more people and we would love to share more of our Harry Potter discussions with you. Uh, please do send us a message if you have anything that we th you think we missed um, or if you just have a comment, a query, question or concern. And of course, wizard on and enjoy your Friday after or Saturday afternoon.